Good morning, everyone. It's great to see everybody here this morning as we begin a new week and as we think about our great Savior, Jesus Christ, and the sacrifice that he made for us on the cross as we worship our Father in spirit and truth. Thank you for being here. Thank you for those who may be visiting from the community or from somewhere else. May God bless each and every one of you. Well, it is one of the greatest feelings in the world, and I'm talking about that moment when you're looking down at your newborn child. Remember that moment? Maybe it was a few years ago, maybe it was a number of years ago, but that moment when you see your child looking back at you, or maybe trying to look back at you. I've been thinking about that, and I've been thinking about Joshua. Joshua is seven, and before you know it, he's going to be eight years old, and going back seven or seven and a half years ago when he was born, what an amazing moment that was. There were a lot of tears that day uh, at the hospital. It's interesting because whenever I take Joshua, and it's only been a couple of times now, but whenever he gets a new haircut and Nikki sees his new haircut, she's crying a little bit more because she sees how he's getting bigger and the fact that he's getting taller and one day he's going to be taller than her brings a lot of tears to her eyes as well. That will be a hard moment. Children are a blessing from the Lord. If you have your Bible, open it up, please, to Psalm 127. In Psalm 127, we are reminded that indeed children are a great blessing, and they should be cherished. And we should appreciate the fact that we are blessed with children. In Psalm 127, beginning in verse number 3, the psalmist said, Behold, children are a gift of the Lord. The fruit of the womb is a reward. Like arrows in the hand of a warrior, so are the children of one's youth. How blessed is the man whose quiver is full of them. They will not be ashamed when they speak with their enemies in the gate. What a powerful text that the children that we have sitting beside us, they are a gift from God. And when you think about this passage and other passages and just looking at your life and seeing the great blessing that children are, it really does make even, it it makes a situation that's been taking place in our country even more horrific. The new law uh, with respect to abortion in New York is such a horrific thing to hear. And abortion in general is, a, is such a horrific thing to even consider because children are a gift from God and they should be treasured. And yet, sadly, many people in the world do not realize this. I know I'm talking to everyone in, here, everyone in here this morning. We all recognize the value of life. We recognize how important children really are and the fact that they are a gift from God. And I hope and pray that we truly enjoy the blessings that God has given to us. And as we think about our children, I want for all of us this morning to think about one thing in particular. And this is the idea of giving our children back to God. We know that they are a blessing from God, and we are able to enjoy the time that we have with them. But I want us to begin thinking about this idea of giving our children back to God. They come from God, and hopefully one day we will give them back. And here's what I mean by that really preparing our children and the process of time of worshiping God, of learning and knowing who the true and living God is and coming to love God and coming to appreciate who he is and hopefully becoming a child of God. I think about Nikki and I and the things that we're doing already to prepare Joshua so that hopefully one day he makes that decision to become a follower of Jesus Christ. And I also think about How else can we improve? How can we encourage him and mold him and motivate him to want to serve and to follow the true and living God? And I'm sure many of us, if not all of us, I think about that when we consider our family and the fact that one day 
we hope and pray that our children would want to come or will want to follow Jesus Christ. But a question I want us to consider is, how do we go about giving our children back to God? How do we go about doing this? We know that we want them to follow God. We want them to become a Christian one day. But how do we even go about doing that? There's a woman in the Bible that will help us, I believe, to understand how we can truly give our children back to our God. This was a woman who loved God, and her husband loved God, and she was a faithful woman of God, and so was her husband. And yet she had a problem. She was not able to bear a child. And there are a lot of women that fall into that category. When you think about women in the Bible who were not able to bear children, do any women come to mind? There's a lot of women that come to mind. I think about maybe Rachel or, or Sarah, uh, and there's others that you could also think about as well. But there's one woman I want us to consider in particular, and that is a woman named Hannah. If you have your Bible, open it up, please, to 1 Samuel chapter 1. We read about this woman named Hannah in 1 Samuel chapter 1. I want us to consider this woman here because I believe she gives us some insight on how we can give our children back to God. This was a woman who served God faithfully, and eventually she would give her child, her children, back to the Lord. To get a better understanding of who this woman is, I just want to read a couple of verses here, beginning in chapter 1 and verse number 2. We see that Hannah was married to a man by the name of Elkanah. He had two wives. The name of one was Hannah, and the name of the other, Peninnah. And Peninnah had children, but Hannah had no children. The fact that she didn't have children, that's a big deal during this time. And it's a big deal even today that this woman was not able to bear children. Now, this man will go up from his city yearly to worship and to sacrifice to the Lord of hosts in Shiloh. And the two sons of Eli, Hophni and Phinehas, were priests to the Lord there. When the day came that Elkanah sacrificed, he would give portions to, to Penna, his wife, and to all her sons and her daughters. But to Hannah, he would give a double portion for he loved Hannah, but the Lord had closed her womb. So you can see her husband uh, Elkanah is trying to comfort this woman because she is not able to have a child. Verse 6, her rival, however, would provoke her bitterly to irritate her because the Lord had closed her womb. It happened year after year. As often as she went up to the house of the Lord, she would provoke her, so she wept and would not eat. This woman's in torment because she's not able to have a child. She's in torment because she's able to look at someone else and see all the children that she has, and yet she's not able to. In verse number 8, the Bible says, Then Elkanah, her husband, said to her, Hannah, why do you weep, and why do you not eat, and why is your heart sad? Am I not better to you than ten sons? Then Hannah rose after eating and drinking in Shiloh. Now Eli the priest was sitting on the seat by the doorpost of the temple of the Lord. Eli is going to see Hannah praying to God fervently. In verse 10, the Bible says, She greatly distressed, prayed to the Lord, and wept bitterly. Now watch this in verse number 11. She made a vow and said, O Lord of hosts, if you will indeed look on the affliction of your maidservant and remember me, and not forget your maidservant, but will give your maidservant a son, then I will give him to the Lord. All the days of his life, and a razor shall never come on his head. Notice what she said. God, if you will grant me a child, a son, then I will give him to you all the days of his life. I will give him to the Lord all the days of his life, and a razor shall never come to his head, come on his head. She's going to give him back to God. That's what she's saying. Now, it came about as she continued praying before the Lord that Eli was watching her mouth. As for Hannah, she was speaking in her heart. Only her lips were moving, but her voice was not heard. So Eli thought that 
thought she was drunk. Obviously, she wasn't drunk. She was just fervently praying to God because she wanted a son that badly. She wanted a child. And the amazing thing about this story is that God would grant her request. As she prayed to God, he would hear her prayers, and she would bear a son. And verse number 20, the Bible says, it came about in due time after Hannah had conceived that she gave birth to a son, and she named him Samuel, saying, because I have asked him of the Lord. Then the man Elkanah went up with all of his household to offer to the Lord the yearly sacrifice and pay his vow. But Hannah did not go up, for she said to her husband, I will not go up until the child is weaned. Then I will bring him that he may appear before the Lord and stay there forever. Look at verse 23. Elkanah, her husband, said to her, do what seems best to you. Remain until you have weaned him. Only may the Lord confirm his word. So the woman remained and nursed her son until she weaned him. Now, when she had weaned him, she took him up with her with a three-year-old bull and one ephah of flour and a jug of wine and brought him to the house of the Lord in Shiloh, although the child was young. Then they slaughtered the bull and brought the boy to Eli. She said, O my Lord, as your soul lives, my Lord, I am the woman who stood here beside you praying to the Lord. For this boy I prayed, and the Lord has given me my petition, which I asked of him. So I have also dedicated him to the Lord. As long as he lives, he is dedicated to the Lord, and he worshiped the Lord there. What a powerful story. She's praying to God. God answers her prayer. She follows through on the vow that she made to God. She gives her son essentially back to God. Chapter 2 is all about rejoicing. We see that Hannah is praying to God. In verse, two, in verse number 1, Hannah prayed and said, My heart exults in the Lord. My horn is exalted in the Lord. My mouth speaks boldly against my enemies because I rejoice in your salvation. There's no one holy like the Lord. Indeed, there's no one besides you. Nor is there any rock like our God. Boast no more so very proudly. Do not let arrogance come out of your mouth. For the Lord is a God of knowledge, and with him actions are weighed. The bows of the mighty are shattered, but the feeble gird on strength. Those who are full hire themselves out for bread, but those who are hungry cease to hunger. Even the barren gives birth to seven, but she who has many children languishes. The Lord kills and makes alive. He brings down to Sheol and raises up. Hannah's going on and on giving thanks to God. She recognized how blessed she really was, and she is rejoicing in all of her heart because the Lord gave her a great gift, gave her a great blessing, gave her a son. And Hannah would give Samuel back to God. It is a story that should encourage us as parents that hopefully we will do the same, that we will give our children back to God. And the good news about this, when you consider this story with Hannah, God would not just bless her with Samuel. You look over in 1 Samuel chapter 2 and look in verse number 20. The Bible says in 1 Samuel 2 and verse 20, Then Eli would bless Elkanah and his wife and say, May the Lord give you children from this woman in place of the one she dedicated to the Lord. And they went to their own home. The Lord visited Hannah, and she conceived and gave birth to three sons and two daughters. And the boy Samuel grew before the Lord. So the Lord continued to bless her. He saw how... Uh, how she fulfilled that vow. She dedicated Samuel, and God will continue to bless her with having even more children. This story hopefully reminds us about the power of prayer. This story hopefully reminds us about the compassion of God. And hopefully this story encourages us as parents to give our children back to him. We were thinking about our theme for 2019, Arise and Build. 
And as we think about our families arising and building and considering the great responsibility that we have as, 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 as fathers and mothers, hopefully this is the mindset that we have, that we want to ultimately give our children back to God in the sense of them following the Lord and, and serving him the rest of their days. And we recognize they have to make their own decisions about that, but doing as much as we can. Now, the question I asked earlier is how do we go about even doing that? Hannah gives us the example as to how we do that. And I read all of that because I just want you to see who this woman was and what God had done for her. So how do we give our children back? I believe Hannah shows us how. We give our children back to God. We give our children back to God by making sure that first we are fully given ourselves to God. And I say that because when you look at the woman Hannah, when you look at her life, before she ever had a son, she had fully given herself to God. She had fully made the commitment to serve him. And I think there's something powerful for us as parents when you think about how do we go about preparing our children and, and helping them to do the best they can to serve God. I believe it ultimately begins with us. We've seen the qualities that this woman had. She was godly. She was strong in faith. She was persistent in her prayers. She had a relationship with God before she ever had any children. And not only that, but her husband, Elkanah, you go back to chapter 1 and verse number Verse number 3, the Bible says in chapter 1 and verse 3 of 1 Samuel, Now this man would go up from his city yearly to worship and to sacrifice to the Lord of hosts in Shiloh. So both Hannah and Elkanah, they were both people of God. Her husband loved the Lord, and they both served God, and certainly they were walking with God. You see, they had the one thing that Samuel would ultimately need. They already had that relationship with God. Hannah would not be able to give Samuel back to the Lord if she didn't first have that relationship with God. I think that is the ultimate answer as we think about our families and raising our children to become godly people and to serve God. It all ultimately, ultimately begins with us as parents. Now, I understand that this can be very obvious, and we say, okay, yeah, we know that. We need to, we need to, follow, we need to show them the right example and things like that, and, and that is true. And yet sometimes that can be the most challenging thing. Many times people say, well, knowledge is power, and that's true, but maybe we should say action is power. We all know the influence that we have upon our children. We all know that they need to be guided in the paths of righteousness. We all know the importance of how they are looking at us and what they are seeing. But knowing is one thing. Action is another. Action is power. And as parents, we need to make sure that we are showing them the proper kind of action, that we are dedicated to God just as Samuel and Elkanah were dedicated to God. You see, Hannah was a woman of action. And Samuel, as he grew up, he would be able to see his mom and dad. What would he see in his mom and dad? He would see that they, they served God. He would see that they certainly feared God. He would see that they were praying people. He would see just how committed they were to serving the true and living God. In 1 Samuel chapter 1 and verse number 24, and verse number 24, the Bible says, Now when she had weaned him, she took him up with her the three-year-old bull and one ephah of flour and a jug of wine and brought him to the house of the Lord, although the child was young. And what we find as you continue on in chapter 1 and chapter 2, that, that Hannah would visit Samuel and that she would bring him something each year, I believe it says in chapter 2. And so Samuel is going to see this commitment that his mom has. He's going to see this commitment that his mom has serving God, not just with his mom, but also with his father. And think about the conversations that Hannah would be able to have with her son Samuel. 
when he, I'm sure he's asking questions after a certain length of time why he's with Eli, and she's going to be able to rehearse all the things that she went through, the anguish that she experienced, and the tears that she had when she was uh, praying to God, trying to have a child. He's going to be able to hear all of that. He would hear all of that, and certainly that would, I think, be a motivation to him in realizing just how serious his mom and father were when it came to serving God. And so as we think about giving our children back to God, as parents, if we're ever going to truly give our children back to God, they have to first see something in us. They have to see that we have truly given ourselves to God. Samuel would have been able to see that. I'm sure the other children, Hannah and Elkanah had, would be able to see that as well. That's where it really begins. And so a question for all of us, as parents, what do our children see in us? What do our ch- children see in us? Do we see that we, truly, that we truly honor God? Hannah said, look, I'm going to give him back to you if you will bless me with a child. Do they see how important worship really is to us? Do they see what really matters the most is serving God with all of our heart? And do they see us faithfully following God? Samuel would have been able to see that. His mother and his father worshiping God on a regular basis. They put God first, even above, even in front of him. Hannah said, look, I'm going to give you back to God. Now, again, this may seem obvious, and yet at the same time, in the same context, and I talked about this man a couple of weeks ago, you see another case of a father, a father who did not fully honor God and fully, I think, gave himself to God, and I think that had an impact on his family. I'm talking about Eli in 1 Samuel chapter 2. We read about Eli's boys, Hophni and Phinehas, in 1 Samuel chapter 1, and in 1 Samuel chapter 2, in verse number 12, the Bible says, Now the sons of Eli were worthless men. They did not know the Lord and the custom of the priests with the people. And we get this detail of the sin that they committed. In verse number 17, the Bible says, Thus the sin of the young men was very great before the Lord, for the men despised the offering of the Lord. Now Samuel was ministering before the Lord as a boy wearing a linen ephod. And his mother would make him a little robe and bring it to him from year to year when she would come up with her husband to offer the yearly sacrifice. So we get some details about Eli and his two boys. I want you to drop down now to verse number 27. We know that Eli had talked to his two boys about the sin that they were engaged in, but I want you to notice something else. In verse 27, the Bible says, Then a man of God came to Eli and said to him, Thus says the Lord, Did I not indeed reveal myself to the house of your father when they were in Egypt in bondage to Pharaoh's house? Did I not choose them from all the tribes of Israel to be my priests, to go up to my altar, to burn incense, to carry an ephod before me? And did I not give to the house of your father all the fire offerings of the sons of Israel? Watch what he said next. This man of God speaking to Eli, he said, Why do you kick at my sacrifice and at my offering which I have commanded in my dwelling and honor your sons above me by making yourselves fat with the choicest of every offering of my people Israel. Brothers and sisters, friends, I think something powerful is stated there. Eli, he was a priest, a man of God. And certainly he had great responsibility and he knew what God wanted him to do. But this man, a guy that's speaking to him in verse 29, he said, you have honored your sons above me. You've honored your sons above me, God. And that was a problem. And when you think about Hannah and Elkanah, it's amazing and powerful contrast when you look at the man named Eli. That Eli was not fully giving himself to the Lord. 
He was not fully, I believe, committed to what God wanted him to do, even in the case of his two sons. He honored his children more than God. His actions did not match with his words. Hannah and Elkanah, their actions matched with what they believed and what they said. And yet Eli's is an example for us of the danger of making sure that we are doing what we say and what we believe we need to do. Eli did not truly, I believe, do the things that he should have done, disciplining his sons. Hannah and Elkanah had the one thing that they really needed to have to give their son back. They fully had given themselves to God. God was going to be first in their lives. And that is certainly demonstrated in this story. This is how we give our children back to God. It begins by us first fully giving ourselves to God. And the question we need to think about and conclude with, are we giving our children back to God? There's so many things that can occupy our time and our schedule and, 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 and concern and thoughts that we have throughout our daily lives and weekly lives and, and just over a period of time. But the biggest thing we need to be thinking about is what are we doing with our children? Yeah, we got to prepare them for college, and we got to prepare them for different activities, and we got to think about the big picture and a lot of things, but what about the biggest thing, about ultimately serving God? You see, that's where our minds need to be, and this is what something, something that Hannah said she was going to do. I want to give my son back to you, and hopefully that is our goal. You think about our salvation. We need to make sure that we are right with God, and then we strive to do our best to make sure that we are helping our children one day to love and to serve the true and living God. That's where our responsibility has to be. And it, it is a huge responsibility. It's a responsibility that we should not take lightly. And it's something that even if you don't have children and you're thinking about getting married and having children one day, you need to be thinking about this right now. Have you given yourself fully to the Lord? Are you fully serving God? And I know there's new parents here Uh, that have little babies in their hands and and are thinking about the future and so many different things you have to think about having a newborn child. They are such a blessing to the Lord, blessing to us. And yet at the same time, you need to be thinking about right now, even before they're 5 or 10 or 12, how am I going to give this child back to God? It ultimately begins by giving yourself fully to God, by making sure that you are walking with God. And so as that time comes, as they get older, you will have something to truly give to them to help them to understand and to learn and love the true and living God, which means that we're going to have to grow in our faith as parents, and we're going to have to continue to give ourselves fully to God. When we do that, this is how we can be successful, making sure that we give our children fully to God. I appreciate your attention this morning. Let's go to God in prayer and then we'll be dismissed to our Bible classes. Father in heaven, we are thankful, Lord, for the gift of life. We are thankful, Heavenly Father, for the blessings you give to us with our families. We recognize, Lord, how important our children really are. We recognize the great responsibility that we have as as husbands and wives and fathers and mothers. We pray to Heavenly Father that you will help us to take this responsibility seriously. We pray, God, that you will help us to truly love our children and give them back to you to one day hopefully serve and follow you. We are thankful, God, for the wonderful blessings you give to us, and we pray that you will be with us and help us always to trust your word and to make sure that we fully give ourselves back to you. In Jesus' name we pray, amen.